What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. You don't know what that ought is, Mr. Trash. I'd show you, but I'm too old. I'm too tired. I'm too fucking blind. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd make a flamethrower to this place. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! In this topsy-turvy world, we've said it once, we've said it twice, we've said it a million times, the truth shall always set you free. This is Tim, this is Get Off My Lawn, the Mad Rayleigh's of a Gen Xer. Oh, want to talk about personal responsibility today, and I want to talk about how your actions can affect other people, and sometimes your actions that, if you look at it from the outside in... You shouldn't be rewarded for certain actions. And I'm going to get right off the bat here that a Florida family that was awarded $800,000 after a McDonald's chicken nugget burnt a four-year-old girl. Now, when you read that headline, you sit there and say, oh, my God, in 2019, this girl uh, suffered second-degree burns because of a chicken nugget. They're, they're, you know, McDonald's, you're, you, you're at fault, McDonald's, you're at fault. You should pay this kid $15 million. And that's what the family was seeking. This is coming out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Now, but if you, if you dive in a little deeper and you look at who is technically probably more responsible for the actions of this child being burned, it's the mother. And, but of course the mother doesn't want to take personal responsibility. The mother's looking for a payday. She needs, she needs a check for McDonald's for doing, for burning her child. But when you listen to the story, when you listen to, to all the details of what happened to this poor girl and how, how she got burned by this nugget, and she was four years old at the time. Evidently what happened, this mom decided to take her kids through the drive-thru. And she decided to get her some nuggets and whatever, you know, and, and, and they went through the drive through and she gave her children who were sitting in the back seat alone, their food, their happy meals. And then she said that she heard her daughter scream in pain and promptly pulled over the parking lot and found the nugget lodged between her thigh and the seatbelt. Now, evidently it was there for anywhere between three to four minutes. <laughs> so my first question right off the bat is, as a mother, why would you give a Happy Meal in regards to chicken nuggets to a four-year-old who is, who is sitting in the backseat by themselves? Besides hot dogs, chicken nuggets are probably, and I know they are, they, they could be a huge choking hazard. So basically, you are giving hot food and a potential choking hazard to your child in the backseat of your car who happens to be four years old. And you want $15 million out of McDonald's. Now, the defense for McDonald's argued that the child's wound or the child's burned healed after three weeks and suffered no further discomfort. Okay. 
And, but they contain the mother's, the girl's mother is bothered by the scar. We're bothered by, we are bothered by this scar. Okay, maybe you shouldn't reach in the back of the seat. Maybe you shouldn't get your four-year-old, four years old, hot food, hand it to him in the back of the seat of the car, unaccompanied, and have them eat it alone at four years old when they're chicken nuggets. Now, the little girl is definitely is, has said she's not bothered by the scar. Her mother is. Now, the McDonald's is saying that they followed all the food safety rules, which require the nuggets to be hot enough, I love this, to avoid salmonella poisoning. Well, no, duh. If you don't cook the food, you can potentially get salmonella. <laughs> And then they basically said that once that you ha once they hand the the food over, the restaurant has no longer control of the food, which makes sense to me. Now both sides during the trial had ha had agreed that the nuggets caused a burn, but dispute the temperature. Now it only took two hours for the jury to come back and say we're not giving you the fifteen million, we're giving you nine hundred thousand, because you suffered third degree burns. And spent more, I mean, excuse me, they spent second degree burns. Because the fact that McDonald's didn't want to give you food that was uncooked and potentially give you salmonella poisoning. Now, I love if you watch the video of, of the child in court who's now eight. She acts like, a, she's acting like, a, you're in court, you're in a court of law. Your mother should teach you, don't hang over this, don't roll over this, don't do this, don't hang on the rail. You're acting like a four-year-old. But the mother, again, is taking no personal responsibility for handing the hot food to a child who was four years old and unaccompanied in the backseat of the car. And then they said that it could take anywhere between two to four minutes of direct contact pressing into the child's skin for these burns to be caused. Now, this goes all the way back to uh, back in two. I forgot when it was. It was back in. Um, it was back in 1992. One of the uh, she was in New Mexico. She was awarded two. This woman was rewarded 2.7 million dollars in punitive damages after she was burned by McDonald's coffee in 1992. I always think of the movie Clerks, uh, old Kevin Smith movie. His, his his very his his first movie, his first hit also. And they talk about dumb things that customers say. And there's this guy that comes into the convenience store, pours a coffee, and looks at him and says, "I'm supposed to drink this coffee hot? Coffee is hot. Water is wet. The sky is blue." And she got $2.7 million <laughs> because of the fact that she took the coffee, put the cup between her legs. This is a woman in 1992 and burned herself because the, because the lid came off or she was drinking the coffee with the lid off. Again, it's personal responsibility. Why should we be personally responsible for your actions of stupidity? Can, can someone, can, I mean, can someone explain that to me? I, I I laugh because this there's this whole you know everyone knows it's the whole transgender thing and transgender men in sport or women in sports and how now that you have some of these uh, very popular professional athletes and athletes who female athletes have come out and say you know we're not bothered by uh, trans men in, or trans women in sports we're not bothered by it now I laugh because a lot of these people are women that are, are retiring from their sport so that they don't have to deal with. Uh, you know, they won't have to deal with this. And what's her name? Uh, Megan Rapinoe, Rapinoe, whatever. Her name. The, the soccer player that always has the wacky hair. Now, she has evidently come out and said that, uh, you know, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> it's no big issue. 
you know, we, 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 we can, we can do this. And she, you know, she called it, uh, you know, she's like, it's just, um, she said last week in time magazine that uh, women's sports are being weaponized by those targeting trans people, women competing with biological women. She responded. It's total B it's total bullshit. Adding, show me all the trans people who are nefariously taking advantage of the transports. It's just not happening. Well, then you know what you can, you can look at the swimmer. You know, you, you, you can look at her, you can look at some other people that were, you know, some men who went over to women's sports, men that would finish like 376 out of 375, all of a sudden are breaking women's records. But, you know, and, 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 and she goes, basically goes on to talk about the fact that, you know, there's really, it's really not an issue because of the fact that, you know, it's not, you know, we could still be competitive because there's really no biological advantage. And then you think back, I was thinking about this. I remember back in 2017, I think it was 2017. Yeah. 2017, the U S women's soccer team got beat five to two by a team of a team made up of 15 year old boys. (laughs) So you're they got defeated by a group of adolescent males five to two, but taking a look at that there, there is no, uh, there is no biological advantage for a trans woman. Let's just say it, a man playing in women's sports, you know, to compete in, in women's sports. Then how the hell did you get beat by a bunch of 15 year olds? <laughs> you want to talk about, I mean, you want to talk about they, they, these high school boys beat the best women soccer team allegedly in the world. But then you're going to sit there and say, there's no advantage for men to come in and play women's sports. It's great that you're retiring (laughs) and you don't need to worry about the fact that this is going to happen to you because you're out. You can say whatever the hell you want because it is, it is the, it is the vogue. It is the in thing to say that, you know, it it doesn't bother me if a, if a trans man or a female wants to compete because you're not in sport. You're not going to be in the sport anymore. I think it was also back in, um, I forget who did Serena Williams play. I have I have to I have to think about this. Serena Williams, I remember years ago, um she played a man. She she played she played against a man and I think he was like in I think he was I think he was like in his 50s. I don't remember. Um I'm trying to think and and basically she had come out a couple of years back and said that she does, you know, they asked her uh if she wants to come in and uh you know, compete against the men. This was this was like probably back in 2012, 13. I'm not even exactly sure. Um and she wanted to, you know, she said she, you know, she says, no, I don't want to, I don't want to compete against men that, you know, they, they hit harder, they serve harder, you know, it's it just one of those, it's just one of those things that we don't want to do. Cause you go back to the whole Billy Jean King and Bobby Riggs thing and back in the 1970s where they had the match and Billy Jean King, who's a tennis player, of course, was, and, uh, was, is a lesbian, was not a known lesbian back then, you know, was beaten. Uh, I mean, she beat Bobby Riggs, who was in his late fifties. So I think there was like a 44 year difference in their age. I forget. Uh, but there, like I said, there was this this guy. Yes, there was a it was a fifty year old gentleman who beat <laughs> he beat Serena and Venus. And like I said, uh, I can't remember if it was Serena or Venus. She came out and said, "Listen, I don't want to play against you know." This was like I said, like maybe eight ten years ago. She says, "I don't want to play against men. If I played against men, I'm going to lose. They hit harder. They serve harder. So why don't we now have a trans?" male or a trans woman or whatever the hell you want to call it come in and play against women's tennis no 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 they don't want to do that <laughs> now serena's probably like yeah that's okay because she's at the tail end of her career 
I always laugh because you see things in the news and you wonder to yourself, how could someone think of themselves so important? And you think about what their job actually is and what the job actually does. And, and they want this ex- extraordinary, extraordinary amount of money. Now, I don't begrudge anyone for getting a large amount of money. But you had Pat Sajak retire from Wheel of Fortune. He was 76. He is 76 years old. And I guess Ryan Seacrest has taken over. So now Vanna White, the letter turner, the show, I guess, in some regards, cannot go on without Vanna turning the numbers, is asking for the same amount or the same salary that Pat Sajak had before he left. Now, Pat Sajak is the, is the ho- was the host of the show. He he is he you know he he has the interchange uh, he has the exchange with the guests you know he does every you know he does everything he helps them spin the wheel he goes through the prizes Vanna turns the letters so Vanna wants to be paid like she's Pat Sajak that's a little crazy you you for whatever since 1982 I think it is have been turning the letters on this show. Now, say Jack evidently made like $400,000 an episode. Uh, I think it's something something crazy like that. And I, I believe Vanna White makes like hundred grand an episode. Now, this woman's making over $100,000 an episode to turn, number, to turn letters. <laughs> That's your job, to wear a dress, walk back and forward, and turn a letter. You could probably, I mean, I think I could probably get anyone to do that. You know, the light, and it's not like she has to look at it and figure out where the letter is because the light bings. The light, it light, I mean, the letter lights up. You're like, oh my God, there's the letter. I'll just walk over there and turn it. I walk from the left. I turn the letter. I stand to the right. I wait. I go from the right. I go to the left. I turn the letter. I stand to the left. Yeah, to me, that's worth a hundred grand. <laughs> Again, it's what is your worth? What is your worth at this point in time? Your worth is, of course, what someone will pay for it, but you also have to understand the importance of this world and where you fit in this world. And turning the letter is not worth $400,000 an episode. People don't turn in. If you if they replace Vanna White with, let's say, I don't know, another, another actress or someone, I don't, I don't think the world is going to shut down. I don't, think, I don't think too many people are going to be like, oh, no, Vanna White's gone. What are we going to do? Ow, sorry. Hit the mic. <laughs> now the Biden administration, we've talked about this. They're trying they're they are really trying to control everything that we have in our lives. And once again, now they now their administration is cracking down on another appliance. Before we went after air conditioning, we're going after hot water heaters. Uh we are now going uh, we are now going down to crack down the Department of Energy has said is now proposing and excuse me, also gas stoves, an accelerated deployment of electric heat pumps, water heaters to save Americans billions of dollars and vastly reduce the carbon emissions. If finalized, the proposed standards would force less efficient and less energy efficient, but cheaper water heaters off the market. You know, because everyone has everyone has millions of dollars. You know, everyone's a millionaire. Now we they they have been cracking down on anything that has to that's being powered by natural gas. They they are powered by propane because of the fact that they are going to they are going to reduce carbon emissions, even though we have drastically reduced carbon emissions in this country. But you have countries such as India and China, which are which are the largest producers 
of these toxins, of these carbon emissions, and they're not doing anything. China's building a new coal plant every 14 days. While we are, while we are putting standard beyond, we are putting standards on coal plants that are not sustainable or attainable. That's because it's all part of Bidenomics. It's all part of Bidenomics. We're, we're going to make everything better by making everything worse for everybody. Now, the Department of Energy projected the regulations which are slated to go in effect in 2029 would save the Americans about $1.9 billion while curving carbon emissions by one, excuse me, 501 million metric tons over the next three decades. So that's roughly the same carbon footprint as 63 million homes or half of all the homes worldwide. Okay, now that sounds good. Now, under the rule, the federal government will require higher efficiency for heaters using heat pumps technology or in the case of fire excuse me gas fired water heaters to achieve efficiency to gain through condensing technology of course they they i love it because these guys are scientists too <laughs> have you ever seen the energy secretary she doesn't look like she's a scientist she's a scientist now we're we're sci- we don't know anything scientific just like just like twitter's lawyer I love Twitter. I love the the woman that uh, was the lawyer for Twitter during the COVID, and she would be in charge of determining whether a tweet in reference to COVID was was false information. And, and there'd be all these doctors from like John Hopkins and all these other places that would tweet these things, and they would take it down because it was false information. And during the Senate hearing, they asked you, "Do you have a medical? Do you have a, do you have a medical degree?" And she's like, "Well, no." And she goes, "Well, they're like, well, how are you censoring some of the some of some of the." Some of these people that are that are well known in their field and reference refer- immunology and everything else, and you're censoring it by saying, "No, what? No, 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 no! This is false information." <laughs> so we're gonna have these new standards. I love these new standards because it's gonna be more expensive <laughs> for people to get a hot water heater now, and it's gonna rise. It's gonna cost about an additional thirteen percent of energy consumption on the electric grid. Um, now, of course, that the DOE has also unveiled new standards of a variety of appliances, including gas stoves, clothes washers, refrigerators, and air conditionings. It's great. And I love it because the agency, I, I mean, the, again, these people are actually, they're always, they're always about the middle class. We're about the middle class. We're for the middle class. But the only problem is the only people you're hurting is the middle class. These are the only people that you were hurting. And you could say it's going to save Americans and reduce greenhouse emissions, but the problem is it's going to cost you more in electricity, which is at its peak. You're going to tax the energy grid, the electrical grid that already can't handle in some areas what we're having right now. And, and you're going to limit any type of choice in reference to the American people to go out and purchase a hot water heater or an air conditioner or something, something such as that. So you're, you're limiting, you're limiting choices, but that's all right. We don't care. <laughs> and I love it because this all also, I laugh because the LA times had an article that, uh, that basically said that, uh, floating occasional blackouts are for the greater good because of the fact that, you know, they're going through the heat wave, they're going through the stretch. And this guy basically came out, Sam, uh, hey, Sam Roth questions, keeping the lights on 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, are solving the climate crisis. So we should all just sit in the dark. And I always love it because they always talk about climate change. And you had scientists that have come out and said that climate changes every year. So it's not really a, a term you should be using because every year the, ch- the climate does change. 
So this guy is arguing, is, is urged the power plants to, uh, to basically just have rolling blackouts. So we could have for the greater good and we could sit there and, and it's, it's an okay, it's an okay thing. Cause you, you could just, de- you could just deal with it. And he, he, now California for years has been facing potential blackouts. California for all their, we need to, we're going to be in, we're, we're going to be energy independent. We're going to go out and we know what we're going to do. We're, we're going to do renewable energy, but we're going to take like 40% of our energy and we're going to bring it in from outside the state. <laughs> it makes your head hurt. You talk about one thing and then you do another thing. So it's okay if we have rolling blackouts. Because we need to deal with it because we need to save the environment from climate change, which happens every year. We got a lot of fun shows coming up this week, so make sure you stay tuned. We're going to talk about Joe Biden and China. We're going to talk more about the zero emission policies. We're we're, we're just going to talk about everything in general because you know what? The truth shall always set you free. This is Tim. This is Get Off My Lawn, The Mad Ramblings of a Gen Xer, and I'm out of here. Peace.